this just in. Hello and welcome to the 250, your weekly search for a nightly movie podcast. This week we're talking about Edgar Wright's Baby Driver, a recent entry that came in at 128, climbed to 127, and seems to have stabilized there. We got it eventually. Uh, with the with a movie with a name that is combines two very generic nouns that are used very frequently in movie titles. Oh, I liked them off a lot. Yeah, um, I was worried. No, I was the only thing that worried me when when I was when I was kind of I didn't do a, didn't you do a huge amount of research for this? I listened to the soundtrack and I listened to um, Edgar Wright and John Hamm talk about it on Comedy Bang Bang. The only thing that concerned me is, oh, it's in Atlanta. I don't much care for Atlanta. That was your only reservation. <laughs> that was my only reservation. But actually, they, they were they were in the central business district of Atlanta, which I never went to. <laughs> and uh, therefore, it was like a new experience to you. Yeah, exactly. You've actually been to Atlanta then, have you? Yeah. Not to turn this into the Atlanta podcast, but... It's not great. What's what's the deal with Atlanta? Oh, it's 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 kind of a it's kind of upsetting because it's um you go like the reason I went to Atlanta one of the reasons was was to was to have southern food and to to see the um the civil rights museum in Auburn. All right. And um it's this inspiring story of well, of the civil the rights yeah. movement and it, it, well that, that's that's where Martin Luther King was born in um and and then you leave the, the 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 museum or the interpretive center, and you realize Atlanta's probably worse off now than it was then. It used to be a a they used to talk about it as this um, the 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 thing that struck yeah the thing that struck me leaving was just the extreme poverty, and I suppose you see that all over the United States, but it just seemed like a real. Kind of um, because that was Martin Luther King's last kind of uh, crusade. Well, he was against the Vietnam War as well, but the war on poverty, and, yeah, and labor rights, I guess. Um, but yeah, the the war, the war on poverty had become his his his, his cause. Yeah, so to 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 see to see that things um, in in, in um, had not improved in some ways had deteriorated. Oh yeah, the, it, it was yeah. So that's a weird note to start on. Well, I was, I was actually, I was kind of interested in the film's use of Atlanta because Atlanta is one of those cities, and and like Detroit, um, it's a city that has had some economic trouble recently, and one of the things that it has done, like Detroit in, yes, the movie Robocop, in the movie Robocop, and in real life, um, one of the things that it's done to try and. Um, bring some commerce back and bring some investment, bring some energy, create some jobs, uh, perhaps even generate some publicity and some momentum, um, has been to open itself up to film production crews. And to be honest, I suspect that, like, so for example, Ant-Man has filmed there, uh, the movie that we're probably going to end up talking about next week, which is Spider-Man Homecoming, also filmed there. But in those cases, what it does, it uses Atlanta to double for other cities. So for example, in Spider-Man, it's obviously, it's meant to be Queens. Um, and in obviously um, Ant-Man, it's meant to be Los Angeles, California. 
one of the things that's striking about Baby Driver is that Edgar Wright originally wrote the movie so that it would be set in Los Angeles, which which makes a great deal of sense because uh, Los Angeles is a city that has this sort of rich history of crime films, mostly through, say, the work of, of Walter Hill, but also through, say, the work of, of Michael Mann through films like Heat and Collateral. It also has this sort of sense of, of anonymity in the sense that, like, it's the, the West Coast, so it's where the American dream ends. It has this sort of rich, evocative idea of, like, this is where dreams go to die. But basically, when Wright found out that he couldn't film in Los Angeles because of cost issues, because, and we'll, we'll probably talk about this when we get into the, the film itself, it's not a very <laughs> big budget film, but uh, he discovered that he had to move it somewhere in Los Angeles, uh, sorry, somewhere in the United States. And oh, yeah. Uh, uh, by, by, by the way, just stay, stay tuned for our discussion of the financials. Of, of, of Baby Driver. There will be spreadsheets. But um, one of the things that, that Wright wanted to do was he toured a number of locations, and Atlanta sort of jumped out to him to the point where he decided that he would rewrite the movie so that he wouldn't use Atlanta to double as Los Angeles. He wanted to use Atlanta as Atlanta to be one of those rare movies that treats Atlanta as a place that has its own personality and identity. And you can see many of the landmarks and many of the places of interest. I mean, the Hartley building is obviously Doc's headquarters and stuff like that. Even the coffee shop um, at the very start where Baby goes and buys coffee um, the the obviously the spaghetti junction intersection, uh, you know, Doc re- references the spirit of, of 85, the I-85. Like it, it's a film that makes a conscious effort to use Atlanta. And it's kind of interesting that you mentioned that it uses the inner city so much so that you don't see the, the outside of the city. Uh, but it is, I find it fascinating. It's, it's one of the few movies I can think of that uses Atlanta without having to use Atlanta for historical purposes. So, for example, like Selma would have used um, Atlanta for historical purposes. Did it? I think it did at the very end, the speech that he gave. Was that not Atlanta, Georgia? I don't recall. Okay. I know a lot of it was in Selma. Yes, being the name of the film and stuff. Uh, but anyway, um, so I actually I actually found that quite refreshing, quite interesting. But aside from the use of Atlanta, um, um, what did, so Baby Driver, what jumped out at you about Baby Driver? In sort of the broader sense of it. I thought it was... I was very impressed with it. I mean, there's a few obvious things, like the, 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 the use of music. Which is amazing. It's yeah. got this wonderful curated soundtrack. Yeah, and, and uh, listening to Edgar Wright talk about making the movie, he, he basically had storyboarded everything. like um, To uh, the beat of the music. Yeah, exactly. So he knew for... He had, like, the, this, this, this was pretty much the first... People um, say this is his um, fifth movie. I think it's his sixth. But his 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 first movie, people don't really speak about, or it's not a really fistful not... of fingers. Yes, exactly. So this this was an idea that he had that 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 he had had for a very long time. I think he... dating back to nineteen ninety five. Yeah, believe. he used it for a music video with with Mint Royale and Noel Fielding, which actually yeah. appears briefly, I believe, it does. in the it does. in the thing. Um, it is. It's an idea that he's had for the longest time. In fact, he was so, inspired by the first song that you hear in the in the film, Bell Bottom. Hmm. Um, it was listening to that. He thought it would be interesting to set that to a heist. And then sort of from that, he extrapolated outwards. But this is, but this is an idea that Wright has had for a very long time. Like he took the advance for, he wrote, he wrote, the, he wrote a number of scripts for it. He collected, curated a, a number of songs. He took the advance for writing the script in, I think, 2011. Uh, which is is six years ago because Darren does basic maths. And what happened was when he dropped out, Hold of on, his post- no, you're right, you're right, it is. Yeah. 
He was supposed to direct Ant-Man with Marvel, uh, which ironically would have also brought him to Atlanta. Um, but then, uh, because this is what we're talking about in this podcast, apparently. But he um, <laughs> he dropped out. That didn't work out. Creative differences. Um, he wanted to make a Marvel movie. Marvel didn't want to make an Edgar Wright movie, I think is the quote that he gives. But basically, he found that the movie or story that he had in development was Baby Driver. And, and what happened was even J.J. Abrams, the, the director, um, had done a... a a thing, an event with him where he sat down with Edgar Wright as in front of an audience to talk about some of his work. And he'd actually singled out that Mint Royale song with Noel Fielding and leaned over to him and said, look, that would make an excellent movie if you could expand that out. And so Edgar Wright sort of took the opportunity of having the free time and having the freedom after not doing Ant-Man to develop Baby Driver and to, to sort of to bring it to life and to create his own movie. And I think, and this might be semi-controversial, but I think... In some ways, this is the most distilled version of Edgar Wright's vision that we've probably had since, I think, um, A Fistful of Fingers. And I, I haven't seen A Fistful of Fingers, I'm just assuming. Because this is the, the first project he's done since, obviously, his work with Simon Pegg and Nick Frost, where he has been the defining creative influence on this. This is the... First example of a script that he has written solely by himself without drawing on existing material. So obviously like with Scott the Corn Pilgrim. Yeah. yeah, with he had the adapted Brian O'Malley Scott Pilgrim versus the world, and he obviously worked with Simon Pegg on the Cornetto trilogy and stuff like that. And yeah. even on Tintin, where he wrote the script, he, he worked with Joe Cornish. But I think this is like the purest distillation of Edgar Wright that you will get. And I think that's its greatest strength, and I think it's its greatest weakness as well. I have some issues. I think it's great fun think it's highly enjoyable as a piece of pop art so he, it, he, he didn't have to battle creatively with with simon pegg i think edgar wright wanted it to be the vanessa trilogy um, and, yeah. but simon pegg overruled him no no it's like well you're just gonna sit down and you want a cornetta it's with it's it's portable you can take it with you you can bring it into different settings yeah, you won't have to use that. You don't have to have a scene where the characters sit down and eat cake together. No. What happens, you know, you're not going to have to work in a Romantica, Minfianetta, Romantica into the scene. That's just going to mess things up horribly. No, I, I, I forget I, about Cartor. When I, when I say creatively, like I think that when you think of the Cornetto trilogy, you think a lot of the Simon Pegg and the Nick Frost voices and the characters. Like I think that one of the things that's striking about Baby Driver when you compare it to the other films and the other, even Spaced, the other stuff that, Wright has done there's an astounding lack of I think irony I think that that Baby Driver is more earnest and more straightforward like I think that the the films the Cornetto trilogy obviously spaced and I think even Scott Pilgrim vs. the World use a lot of genre trappings and tropes and iconography and references and homages but they use them in a winking way that's like oh you know wouldn't it be hilarious if we took a Michael Bay film and set it in you know the middle of the English countryside wouldn't it be hilarious if a, if a breakup were treated like a video game? Whereas I think with Baby Driver, and this is its, its greatest strength, its greatest weakness, is that it takes all these tropes that you expect from a, an action sort of movie, a, you know, a, a getaway movie, a bank robbery movie, and it plays them relatively straight. Like, it plays them relatively earnestly. And we'll probably talk a bit more in the spoiler zone, because I'm thinking of some very specific examples of what it does where it doesn't deflate itself with a sense of self-awareness. It doesn't wink. It doesn't nudge the audience and go, ha, this is just a movie or this is... I, I disagree with that. Okay. I think, I think you're right in that there's a long sigh. <laughs> the, 
they i think you're right uh, to an extent in 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 that it's uh, it's less self-aware i think it's still very self-aware this to me feels like an edgar wright movie oh it does uh, it definitely it definitely has like the stylish ticks and the sensibility and the sense of even the sense of humor it's got a great sense yeah. of humor and it's got that that sense of movement and verb that you expect from a right movie it just seems more earnest and more straightforward to me than his other work does if that makes sense no like it, no you, you don't think that it does you don't think that it doesn't have say the layer i suppose you said yeah it's, it's not as self-aware as scott pilgrim or as self-aware as the the cornetto trilogy or but, uh, like like the very kind of um the, the 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 world in the movie is corresponding to the soundtrack like the 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 um the, Gunfire, the, the, for example, yeah. happens in rhythm with the music that's playing on the soundtrack. Exactly. Characters the, walk yeah. to the beat of it's it. It's very kind of rem, 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 reminiscent of, of, of something like Scott Pilgrim, where, 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 where it's very apparent that, 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 that this is... Not um, the real world. No, yeah, and, and, and that they're having fun with the, with the genre in, 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 in the way that they're... In the way that the Cornetto trilogy movies were having fun with um, their genres. This isn't a straightforward uh, heist movie. I think it's relatively straightforward. Like this is this is perhaps my my other, and I feel like I'm being overly negative because I actually really really enjoyed this. I think it's a fantastic yeah. film. But one my other big issue with this, and it ties into that sense of, of earnestness from the film that I don't that I I understand, but I'm not great. I'm not hugely fond of is the fact that the biggest problem for me with Baby Driver, and we'll probably talk a bit more in the spoiler zone because we can go into why this is. But it's the two lead characters. It's it's Baby um, and and Deborah, the the lovers, the young lovers at the center of the film. And there's a sense that the movie is earnestly invested in their young love in a way that is not as self aware or, or or even as ironic as perhaps it should be. There's no sense of like distance. There's a sense that the movie buys in entirely and uncritically to a romance that is in to me or, or seem to me to be largely based on on kind of tropes and sort of genre elements more than the fact more than them being two individual characters you don't think that they're two two people who like each other and and that's established in in the uh in the movie they, but, they, 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 but they, did they pop off the screen for you? Did those like uh, the rest of the supporting cast? No, was fantastic, I, no, but... I, 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 I thought they had a an, an understated kind of a meet cute where they didn't try to overplay the um the 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 meeting between them where 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 they where they made it I guess um something. That was easily kind of understood, but that it wasn't like rammed down our throats. Okay, I thought it was. It felt almost like a lot of this. This movie is is, is the the familiar sort of the well the, the soundtrack that is at once familiar and unfamiliar. Like you've got iconic beats that people recognize, and the soundtrack is amazing. To be absolutely clear on that, like it's it's full of things that people recognize but don't recognize from those songs. For example, the Harlem Shuffle, which you know most of our generation recognize from say House of Pain's Jump Around, or even the the um, you know stuff like that but the thing with the romance at the center of baby driver is it feels very it felt to me very stock and very underdeveloped and very very conventional very like this is how you do a romance in a movie like this but without any 
awareness or any additional development or any nuance? Why? Sorry, why, why, why is this? I don't know why it's important to kind of like have that. Like I, 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 I would. I suppose I contest two things there. Number one, that it doesn't do that, and number two, that it would be any weaker for 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 not doing that. Okay. Like well, why, why 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 would it be necessary death? to have nuance? No, no, to 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 have this this um, self awareness. It's like, hey, we 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 for for a movie to have to kind of state in some way, hey, we know you're stupid. Sorry, we know you're not stupid. Play along with this um, kind of um, phony um, meet cute. We know it's just a movie and that you can see through it. No, it doesn't like, have to have that. But the alternative is that you have to have something more than just a really, what to me was a very shallow and straightforward, like conventional love story. A lot of, a lot of the elements that worked in Baby Driver, like the, the stuff that you mentioned, like there are elements where it is heightened and unreal. And that's particularly would say that the, the dialogue that's written for the, the criminal characters, which in, includes lines, and we're not going to get too spoilery here, but stuff like, you know. The moment you catch feelings is the moment you catch a bullet. That sort of stuff, which is like sort of something that comes from a pulpy novel. But when you get the, the characters who are the love you know the love story at the center of the film like the 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 male lead the female lead who are in love with one another it feels like you need more than just i want to get in a car i can't afford um and drive west with a plan i don't have you yeah. need more than i feel like i feel like that's a very shallow no. like if you I, don't, had... I don't i don't think so i think okay. i think it would have been a longer movie and it it, it like the, the the that was that, that was there for a reason it was it was it was it was it was to add something that uh, baby could lose. It was, and I mean, yeah. but the thing is, and, it's, and, but and, it's such a transparent thing to add to it, though. Like it was very transparently, like it was like the sketched but outline. This is a movie of... that's very like um, apparent it, to the audience. In, in in like it's not trying to, it's not taking on airs. It's it's. it's I'm not it, saying this, it has this, to take this, on airs. I'm saying that it's it, like this is this. This is a heist movie, and and it's this driver who um, who helps people to rob banks, and things get a little bit more complicated when 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 he falls for this young woman. Yeah, and and that's pretty much all all they need to do for it. Because is this a movie about about a a a, a guy falling for a for a, for for a young woman? No, it's not. It is at least a little bit about that. In that, that we get a lot of time spent on that. We get a character who's third in the credits or fourth in the credits for that. Like, I feel like for the amount of time and attention that the movie focuses on Baby and Deborah, I feel like their romance is, is very shallow and straightforward. And I feel like, I feel like, we'll probably talk about this more in the spoilers, but I feel like uh, Ansel Elgott is, is not great. Like, he's, I feel like the lead character, I feel the... The character is interesting and, and, and conceived in ways that are fascinating. I just don't feel the performance is up to that. And I feel like and I feel like I'm being overly harsh here because I really liked Baby Driver. I think it's a yeah, fantastically fun like film. Right out of the game. Like I'm just the, sort of raining on its parade. Before you... Darren is like, oh, don't get me wrong. I I think it's great. But I didn't like a... Why? Did, can, can we focus on the things that were good and that we enjoyed about this movie? We can indeed. We can indeed. So, Andrew, do you think this movie belongs to be on the top 250 movies of all time? No. 
no, but like, and, yeah, well, I mean, like, I mean again, we've talked about this in the podcast before. <laughs> not being one of the top two hundred fifty yeah. movies ever made is not a mark against a movie. Yeah, like 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 Brick. <laughs> yes, it's is, a fantastic is, film. Is, yeah, and it, like like this, and it's a really interesting movie as well. Yeah, and 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 I think this is the same. I think it's, it's Scott Pilgrim. Uh, uh, to speak of Edgar Wright films, is an yeah, amazing yeah. piece of work. I think, to be honest, even his, even the Cornetto trilogy. Although I, I would argue Hot Fuzz is his masterpiece. Yeah, I, 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 I liked Hot Fuzz an awful lot. I, I wasn't, I wasn't encouraged. It's funny actually because I, I saw Shaun of the Dead. I thought, I thought Hot Fuzz was better than Shaun of the Dead. And when I saw um, World's End, the trailers for okay. World's End, it didn't encourage me to go out and see it, even though I really liked. Really interesting. Yeah, yeah. I, I just was wasn't wasn't feeling it. Okay. But um, so yeah, we would. I would sort of be of that opinion. I think it's a fantastic film. I think it's a, a usually enjoyable film. I think actually one of the things I've liked this summer has been a very fun summer at the box office. A very fun summer in the cinemas. Like uh, there's a sense that even the movies that I don't like a great deal, and I like this one a great deal, mm. um, have been quite fun. So even like Kong, which is I would argue not a good movie of itself, is highly enjoyable and energetic and and. Like, I mean, even coming up in July, we obviously have this. You have uh, Spider-Man Homecoming, which I'm not going to give an opinion on because we may be talking about it. Planet of the Apes, which I'm not going to give an opinion on because we're going to talk about it. Dunkirk, etc., etc. But I think that these this is a good lineup of summer films. That has been cagey. And I think that um, I think that Baby Driver is definitely part of it. Like, I love seeing movies like Baby Driver. I've seen Baby Driver three times. I've gotten something that I've enjoyed out of it each of those three times. Yeah, I think I think it's a lot better than than um, than uh, than some of the movies that we've seen come in. And the lovely thing about this movie is it's not a sequel as well. The 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 the, the um, originality, like because we we've we've covered John Wick two and Guardians of the Galaxy Volume two. And, and even Wonder Woman is part of a shared universe, for example. Yeah, like, exactly. There is and, that influx and it, of... It really just doesn't um, inspire me or make me happy about... Um, the state of cinema. Yeah, but, but the, the, this this is... I think it's fantastic that you, that, that that this movie... Um, Exists at all, but yeah, that it's yeah. so good. And that it, it's succeeding it's, as much as it is. Like, people yeah. love this movie. As generated a lot of discussion. Like, this was a movie made for $35 million because we promised we would come back to the financial spreadsheet and all that to this. But it made $35 million to make this movie, which is a relatively small amount of money for a big summer release. Yeah. But it's, it's beautiful. And, it, and, like, you get the sense, like, Wright had to compromise in some respects, which we'll probably talk about when we get to the spoiler zone. But those are tiny. Those are absolutely tiny aspects. Yeah. He made the film that he wanted to make in the way that he wanted to make it and audiences responded to it. And more than that, audiences didn't just respond to it. The studio responded to it. This was yeah. originally planned to be an August release, which would have been a nice late summer film, sort of like after all the big monster blockbusters have come out and sort of like fed. You release this in August and it maybe get some scraps and have some legs. They moved it forward to June, which yeah. is a huge gesture of like faith and goodwill. And I mean, like... They're very excited. Sony are incredibly happy and excited about this. They screened this in March at South by Southwest. <laughs> Darren, Darren was like, Darren Mooney, the 250. Would you... <laughs> <laughs> I wear a little fedora. I said, can't would come you... out on the room. That's not uh, the right smoke. Would you care to make a comment? Yeah. Um, get this to the presses. Um, oh, stop the presses. Um, start the presses. It takes 12 hours. But um, like they, they were, they're genuinely proud of this. They're genuinely excited about this. And like, I've seen this movie three times and I've, part of that is because I've seen it 
as part of a press junket and I've seen it as part of like a, a, a party and like I've seen it like it's it's a movie that is just hugely enjoyable and a movie that people are really proud of and a movie that like it's a movie that people are excited about which is yeah. just, like I we mean, saw I mean, it in a cinema it... with five with five other people and the guy in front of us was tapping along to the music the guy to our left was you know roaring along to the jokes and like jumping up in the air with the sort of car chases like it's it's a pulse pattern. he jumped up in the air and he did cartwheels down down the down the aisle down, as the uh... down 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 the aisle then people started singing to the songs they had never heard before and <laughs> you realize that the the songs in baby driver all existed before this movie. oh i know okay, yeah the 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 the, the, the um, edgar wright did the, not the, compose the, a harlem shuffle Oh, really? Um, the no. The, the the point I was making is that the songs, while familiar, are all uh, quite left field. Like just yeah. because Dr. Dre has um, samples has samples um, a, a a piece of music doesn't mean that the average person, including myself, can name that piece of music. Yeah. I think the most recognizable because you had recognizable songs by unrecognizable bands. And you had unrecognizable songs by recognizable bands. Yeah. And I I think the closest to a recognizable song by a recognizable band was um, Easy by the Commodores. Yes. Which we'll talk a little bit. We'll actually, we'll, we'll probably talk through some of the soundtrack and the spoiler zone. Absolutely. And I think we're about ready to go there. So, Andrew, would you recommend people see this movie? Yeah, I would. I, 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 th- I think I think it's churlish to criticize it too much be- be- because, because of... because of casting a side eye. <laughs> because of what it is no i because it, it's it's um however i mean the, i i suppose the 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 idea that that like the 250 could be somehow definitive um uh yeah. would 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 suggest that maybe we should come down at it uh, harder and say why it shouldn't be on the list i think like i think darren talked about some of the performances i don't think the performances are great um, I think, I some, think some, some some of them are. Um, I think the ones the I guy the guy from um, uh, the Fault in Our Stars whose name I don't know. Yes, the lead actor, baby. I thought it was just fine, and that's that's not uh, that's not me praising him. I I didn't think it took away from the movie, nor did I come out of it thinking I um, he was amazing or anything like that. I I I I I thought, like I say, it was fine. Yeah, absolutely. Like they and um, but when it comes to the movie, I I would tell people to see this movie. Yeah, um, I, I would as well. Yeah, um, and it's a movie that I suspect people will be very excited to share as well. Yeah, I mean, and I I got really excited watching it and enjoyed yeah. so 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 much of the car crash. It's car crashes. <laughs> car car. Uh, Andrew car enjoys chases. human suffering. <laughs> car Feed ch- me. Car chases. <laughs> car chasing. Um, <laughs> Uh, in the movie and spoilers there may be some car crashes there there's some car chasing in this movie that i really enjoyed and um, i also enjoyed the action um the action sequences in this movie were was superb um so yeah for 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 all those reasons um i i can kind of understand some of darren's reservations i i like i said it would it would seem Churlish to focus on them. Yeah, a little and, bit. And I can understand. But that. yeah, yeah. I mean, I, 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 I feel like it's, it's, um, it belongs in the, in the kind of, um, 
group of 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 Edgar Wright movies that are that are um, some of the better Edgar ones, and, and 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 they're all pre- pretty good. I haven't seen World's End. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it, it's a it's a it's a director that I enjoy and um, doing yeah. something that he's enjoying doing. Yeah, and I'm, I'm and given I'm, the freedom to I'm, do it, I'm I mean, really, it's hard I'm really not delighted to... that he's been given this opportunity, and I think he 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 he, he nailed it. He really. I think it was a hundred percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, it's ninety-seven percent. Yeah, at, at, yeah. At, which is still phenomenal, and it's scoring really, really well on Metacritic as well, which is is a more discerning indicator. And obviously, audiences are loving it because it I got into the list. Like, I, it's it's really difficult not to like. It is. It's it's a highly likable film, and it's. I, th- I, I, I we yeah. say that like it's a condescending thing, like it's somehow it, diminished by it. It's not like being a film that everybody likes is tough, and being a film that everybody likes is an accomplishment and it's an amazing accomplishment like it's something you're proud of like the way i talk about the new star trek movie sounds like i i don't like young people in 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 movies that's because i have this sort of like you know absolutist position i i have like an attachment to 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 something and it seems like a weird kind of departure from everything that i enjoyed but this like i i i think some people um I think you were talking about Anthony Bourdain didn't like the movie. Um, yes, I, I, which and nobody has any idea why. He has yeah, to elaborate. It sounds on. like it's kind of I. I can imagine the knee jerk reaction that people would have to this movie is a kind of like an ageist sort of. Oh, it's so young you know, and poppy. Yeah, like like oh, uh, um, they're doing like. <laughs> well, the, the, the like, criticism is is that it's a music video. Is that it's it's an you know one hour and forty minute music video. Um, but that's not like that's not a criticism. Like the idea that it, it it is in a form that is not exactly a conventional narrative. Yeah, that's not a weakness. That's not inherently a weakness. And like it 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 does hit all the tropes and all the story. I can't think of another movie like this. Like obviously there are other musicals, but this isn't quite a music. He um, Edgar Wright has been talking about it as um, as a musical with 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 car chases. Um, it's certainly quite different to what you might expect from a musical. Yeah, and it, it's it's more vervy and more hip than you would expect from a a crime thriller, and I think that's great. And I think that's that is sort of like that is is poppy and and relevant. Like I like directors who do have distinctive styles and who do have like an energy. Like I, one of the things about going to see a film is one of the things that is most appealing to me is showing me something that i haven't seen before showing me some combination of things that i haven't seen before or interesting me like keeping me interested and keeping me invested is arguably more compelling to me than doing something technically right than doing something mechanically right than sort of hitting all the expected beats. Well, I, mean, I mean, there are there are there are great um, shots in in in, in yeah. this movie as well. The, this this movie is very well made, and it, it didn't feel like there was that much in it that you would kind of take out, really. Yeah, I, no, no, it, it it's very well constructed. And I think it is a showcase. And it felt very tight. It is very tight, and I think that it's it's a showcase for like this is the most right of of Wright's films that I've seen. I haven't seen a fistful of fingers full disclosure there it's very hard to find I, I did try i couldn't find it um legally because we're, we're not anyway we won't go into that down that particular rabbit hole but i haven't seen it uh, because i haven't had the opportunity to but this feels like it's pure distilled <laughs> it's one right. of those things where you walk in and to the to the one remaining um extra vision and you're like, yeah 
Do you have a fistful of fingers? You're not a cop, are you? Yeah. They reach onto the counter and there's a brown paper bag with a VHS in it. Um, yes, it's a little bit like that. Um, it's amazing what you can find on the internet, Sandrew. But I mean, it, this does feel like it's a movie that the star is not Baby himself, I would argue. And the star is not um, Deborah. The star is Edgar Wright's like sensibility. It's, it's his direction. It's his sense of music. It's his sense of kinetic movement. Like, that's what I would argue. It, the, the Baby Driver is a showcase yeah. um, for his work. And I think that's, I, I said, like, this is the best and worst thing about it. And when I say it's the worst thing about it, it's not a terrible thing, to be honest. But, like, that's that's the thing. It's, like, it's the purest Edgar Wright that you are going to see. Like, this is yeah, a... Like, like I appreciate this. this um... <laughs> it feels really bad that I don't know the man's name. <laughs> Ansel Eglort. <laughs> and... That can't be right. <laughs> That's not his full name. <laughs> um, All right, there we go. Okay. Oh, Elgort. Ansel Elgort. Ansel Elgort. Who is not a character from Lord of the Rings. Wow. Yeah, he does sound more like um, a Lord of the Rings character than a Star Wars character. Um, Despite the fact he's wearing the Han Solo costume. Yeah. With that in mind, we might segue gently into the spoiler zone. Spoiler zone. So, Baby Driver, Andrew. What was Baby Driver about for (laughs) you? For me, Baby Driver was about... Um, Life, love, and the pursuit yes, of happiness. About a young man's search. For himself. Where for, the only for... getaway, he could never escape his shame. <laughs> but yeah, so what yeah, was it about? Go on. Yeah, it's about him replacing his mother with... With a waitress. <laughs> yes. Um... So we're going to talk about that. <laughs> uh, we're going to talk about all the weird baby stuff in What? Darren... Darren's going to get Freudian? That will never happen. Darren would never get Freudian about anything. But yeah, okay, so let's talk about the music. Because the music is the star of, of Baby Driver, as much as I would argue Edgar Wright's direction is. It is. It absolutely is. And I was listening to the to the soundtrack and thinking... I was thinking... Because, because like, I'll, 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 I can imagine a lot of people... Like, they... No, none of the songs are, are are obvious choices at all. No, and I can think of the criticism being, oh, it's it's, uh, it's hipster. It's so hipster. Yeah. Yes, which it to... becomes like hipster is this thing that people, this word that people throw around for anything that seems affected or cool. Yeah, the, 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 it's a stock criticism. It's like millennial. The thing about it is that, like, if 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 it's a crime to, to be eccentric. Be esoteric and idiosyncratic then then lock me up and throw away the key i mean andrew does have a pretty impressive hipster beard no like it is like the 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 whole hipster thing it's um it's like they 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 make good coffee 
they do delicious cocktails. <laughs> um, they, 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 they have a they good taste in music. Ma- they occasionally make good uh, good movies. They have a good taste in music. If 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 we were watching this movie and thinking, I don't know any of these songs and they're all terrible, then that would be a legitimate complaint. Yeah, yeah. The, but like I I, w- I would argue that the music in this is better than uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two. Oh yeah, but, well because Guardians of the Galaxy is in many ways obvious cuts. You know, I mean it, it's basically like I like I, 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 I like Volume One a lot. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, like, there's an argument made that as much as as you might criticize the taste in music in the film for being sort of hipsterish, there's an argument like as an evangelical experience. Like, for me. I recognize many of the beats of these songs because I'd heard them sampled, as you said, because, you know, because obviously um, the Notorious B.I.G. or Dr. Dre or, yeah. or whoever had sampled this work. And, isn't the same as hearing it yourself. And it's, it's like there's lots of stuff we forget about as well, because like Easy died young. So 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 we know who he is. And also like he, he was, um, I guess, coming, coming, com, coming, coming from N.W.A. And but like people like um Young MC. Yeah. Who people mightn't have heard. But even say, say like the Queen track. And Queen yeah. would be one of the big bands on here. <laughs> like it's a this... cut from the album Sheer Heart Attack. Like and it, it's. <laughs> There's a weird line in it where it's like, yeah, me and my brother listening to Sheer Heart Attack. <laughs> no, my brother used to play it right through the walls. We used to play it right through the walls. The, 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 this kind of made me laugh a bit because like I I liked, uh, I still do, like, like, like Queen. I remember um, I was I bought like a a tape of like a Queen album, which I think was made in heaven. And I listened to it and it's like because up to that point, I had volume one and volume two. So you had of, the greatest of, hits of, yeah. of, of, of the greatest hits. I got uh, made in heaven. I was like, "Oh, okay. I'm not going to do that again." <laughs> I, I, I know this is the way I'm meant to appreciate it, but there's a lot of filler. Yeah. Not <laughs> enough killer on here. Yeah. Um, so, like, like the but but I do like the, I do like the idea that Buddy sort of banging on his brother's wall, going, "Turn that noise down." <laughs> By the way, what's the third song on that side? It's like Brighton Rock. Okay. But um, no, because I, I think there's an argument made for that evangelical style. I think there's an argument made for like people who would never have heard Hocus Pocus by Focus, uh, which is a yes. song that includes Hocus Pocus by Focus. Yeah, which is a song that includes like a yodeling break. <laughs> and an accordion solo. And it was apparently it was quite big. It was quite successful in the seventies, but it sort of slipped into obscurity. Like I love the idea that there are twenty-year-old kids out there who are going to discover that in the same way that I discovered that by yeah. listening to the soundtrack. And I think that's a good thing. Like regardless of how eccentric or esoteric or hipster or whatever label you might throw it, it is. I think that's a fantastic like bit of sharing of culture. Exactly. And, and I mean, you could argue the same thing for the way that like people talk about the movie itself sampling from stuff like say Walter Hill's The Driver for example it, it's obvious influences and stuff like that it's, it's sort of like dating back the fact that these films reference and, and lovingly homage like classic cinema in a way that like invites people to go and explore them like people who haven't seen The Driver might go back and look at it now as a result of this and I think that there's there's value in that unearthing I think there's value 
in that recognition that goes beyond. And I mean, we've talked in this podcast, we've we've been sort of like critical of nostalgia and particularly when we're talking about like Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. And I think maybe we'll talk a little bit about it later on in here because there are some aspects of it in not to get too negative, Andrew, but in Baby Driver where I think the nostalgia is maybe a bit too much. But I think that as an act of itself, I think there's something to be said for the love that Wright has for his soundtrack and for the materials that he's putting into the film. I was thinking of leaving the room and, and slamming the door just for effect. <laughs> on, on that point, because I mentioned that I may want to come back to this in a, in a slightly more negative light, even as I rave about how great it is. But I mean, let, let's talk about the music, because one of the things that's striking about Baby Driver is the way that it's filmed. It's filmed, you mentioned this at the start, it was choreographed. So the first thing that Wright came up with, was he came up with a list of songs that he listened to. And there were a number of different sort of inspirations to the songs that were included. So for example, obviously, uh, Bell Bottoms was the one that inspired the idea of a robbery. And then he sort of got on to the idea of wondering, well, if this, this driver who I imagine listening to this song during yeah. a bank robbery, what would he be like? And it's like, well, look, my parents, who didn't have a big record collection, had Bridge Over Troubled Water by Simon and Garfunkel. And on that album, is the song Baby Driver. And presumably, listening to those lyrics, I thought... Well, he's a driver, and he's very young, and that got me on to the next point. And like, even stuff like, say, Easy, um, which, which you referenced by the Commodores, which is in many ways perhaps the most recognisable song on the soundtrack, the reason that that's there, that's one of the few songs that was not picked by Wright himself. Um, that was during the audition uh, with, with Ansel uh, Elgort. Um, they asked him to pick a popular song that he could lip sync to. And he picked Easy. And like Wright found that was phenomenal for a young man in his 20s to have picked Easy by the Commodores as something that he could, uh, that he could basically lip sync to perfectly. Yeah. And as a result, that's, and you can even see that in the film. That's, that's one of the songs that Baby lip syncs to. But like there, there is this sense that music is intrinsic to the DNA of the film to the point where like gunshots go off in rhythm to Hocus Pocus and car engines rev to the sound of Brighton Rock and everything is perfectly in sync. Like the movie was storyboarded. There was a choreographer on set yeah. who worked very closely with the stunt driver to ensure that the car chases were filmed in such a way that they could be edited in rhythm to the sound, as opposed to the sound being ended in rhythm to the, to the chase. And it's a real hallmark of Edgar Wright movies. I mean, so the, 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 the clip from Shaun of the Dead that gets played the most is from the Winchester when, when kill the queen. Uh, but I mean, there, there are lots of examples. I mean, one of the things Wright don't is don't stop me now. Oh, it is. Don't stop me now. Yes. It's kill the queen is the line. When, when Sean sort of uh, wants to, to kill the jukebox. But Wright has talked about, like, he's argued that one of the best things that a director can do, a young director can do, is to direct music videos. Because they are basically short films in which you do not have the crutch of dialogue. Yeah. And so you can experiment in those short films. Because if you mess up a music video, nobody really cares. Because, you know, the band might care. But you have the... a deadline and you have to kind of push something out there. Yeah. But it... it, it like he's talked, for example, the use of Steadicam um, on Shaun of the Dead was something that he would never have attempted before. But because he was directing a music video beforehand, he gave Steadicam a shot. And he's like, OK, well, that worked very well. I can use that in my feature film. And even obviously this came from the Mint Royale video with no feeling that we talked about. Like there's a there's a real sense of like the music is woven into the DNA. And like even the cast in it. Right. So the cast, obviously, including like um, Kevin Spacey who starred in Beyond the Sea. 
yeah. in which he performed all his own musical numbers. Jamie Foxx. Jamie Foxx, who is one of the last Oscar winners to have a number one single in the United Kingdom, um, which is a nice piece of trivia. I think Jennifer Houston has done it See, since. So, um, uh, so many talents, Jamie Foxx. Like, to, 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 to be, to, to, uh, to, he's, he's, he's very much a multi-hyphenate. I, I believe that's the contemporary word for a, a renaissance man or a, or a man for all season. Um, he, he really is. But I mean, there's a sense that this is built from the ground up. Like when they comedian were... Comedian as well, obviously. When they were filming this, the actors would have earpieces in one ear. That's that right. That would play the music. That would be used during the scenes as well to make sure that they kept the rhythm. Like it, it's it's just remarkable how intertwined the music is with the film. And I mean, like, yeah, you talked about how it, it's something that can't really be categorized because it's not really a musical, although it kind of is. Yeah. And it's just it's it's astounding. It's an astounding accomplishment. It's just beautiful to watch. And I mean, like we talked about the music, the use of color. I yeah. love Wright's use of color. Like there's the sense that like when he's filming Atlanta, it's filled with all these bright colors, these reds and these purples and these yellows. Even there's a wonderful scene where Deborah and, and baby go to a laundromat. And in the background of the laundromat, it's like something from La La Land. You've got the spinning wheels um, of the sort of the washing machines, but people have separated their colors. So you've got like a blue machine, a yellow machine, and, a red machine. And there's a kind of a, um, a dance to 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 them having the um, uh, the earbuds uh, one 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 in one ear each yeah yeah so they're 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 well the they're, shot of the feet down beating yeah, in rhythm to exactly. music it looks like and, something from a fifties dance it's and I I th I think um, <laughs> An An Ansel Elgort yeah um, was a good choice in the sense that he he was quite good when it came to the um, musical uh, part of the movie. Oh, he I, does. He has a. I felt. I, fe I felt. Felt like he. 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 Um. He moved very well. I believe he has some background in dance, and I also I thought the lip syncing was quite good. Yeah, and I mean even the scene during like the the chase at the climax, for example, where he's bouncing across tables in rhythm to the beat, for example, <laughs> that which was, is remarkable. That was amazing because it was like, oh, what? This, how this, how this, is he running and in rhythm? This guy. This guy. So um, you all of a sudden discover he he is um, he has this amazing uh, parkour. Yes. This, this movie is quite similar to Drive in a lot of ways. In 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 yes, in, we'll in, about... yeah, in 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 that you have a character who's kind of preternaturally gifted at at, at, at driving. driving yeah. Um you have a very simple um development of a uh, romantic yeah. storyline and also there are other things that he is unaccountably good at. <laughs> and and there's also bursts of hyperviolence as you get yeah. towards the climax. Well, I mean, we'll probably talk a little bit about the drive comparison because I, I have some sort of, I have some feelings on that, Andrew. But we'll talk about that in a moment. But I mean, while we're talking about the music, it's probably worth mentioning the... It's probably the, the, it's probably the cocaine made him really good at, 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 at parkour. Because everybody in this movie is hooked on cocaine. Yeah, if, if, if you're looking for something to explain... Um, Anything how, in this yeah, movie. They have inconsistent an, characterization. They cocaine. have an inside man yeah. in the bank and the post office. Why, why do they always have an inside man? They have a nasal infection. Let's just say they have a problem with their nose. They're doing cocaine. Yeah. Um, but that's okay because the guys who are robbing them are also yeah, doing yeah. cocaine. So, like, so why are you continuing to 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 rob these banks? 
cocaine. <laughs> that is the reason. What do you do when you're not robbing banks? Yeah, cocaine. Like, um, and <laughs> Jamie Jamie Fox takes uh, has a cocaine addiction, so 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 that he can keep robbing banks. Yes, like uh, that's one of those wonderful hard boiled lines that I really really enjoy. Like we want to talk. Like we'll probably talk a little bit about about. Um, Ansel Elgort and and basically the character of Baby in a little bit but one of the issues that I have his with... real name is Miles <laughs> yes let's call him Miles um, but one of the issues that I have with the film is the fact that like when he says nasal infection it seems like just it seems like maybe maybe Doc is somebody inside an ear nose and throat doctor who just sort of keeps his ears open for these things he's an oh, actual doctor yes that that's that's why they call him Doc he's an ear nose so you know he was in happened to mention that there'd be this much money moving through and then when Kevin Spacey says a nasal infection, you get, oh, he means this, cocaine. What's uh, what's that up your nose? Is, 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 <laughs> is it cocaine? Is, is, it's probably cocaine. No, it's, it's, it looks like some kind of a government bond. <laughs> it's like, oh, it's at work. The place is just lousy with them. We keep inhaling them. It's yeah. like, ah, interesting. Yeah, that's that's the secret story behind the baby driver heist. But you talk about the um, the, the iPod, because one of the things that's interesting about Baby Driver is the fact that it is nostalgic for the iPod, which makes me feel really old. Yeah, like the iPhone is 10 years old now. Yeah. Um, well, how... they, they, had a, they actually had a budget for finding I, iPods for this Darren movie. was probably the first iPod that I, I um, held, held in my hand. The, um, I think it might have been yours. Yeah. Um, and I was like, how do you work this? And the whole the whole idea of the iPod was like, it's so easy to use. There's just one button. <laughs> <laughs> like everything Apple designs. Yeah, yeah. The, so, so, uh, um, yeah, the, the, this, 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 Cause it is, this, cause this is him, like, we it's, saw Moonlight lately and that had, um, a, uh, a character who's growing up kind of at around the same time as we are. Yeah. And this is this is a movie with um with someone who's maybe ten years younger than us. Yeah. Who who has that um yeah, as you say, that nostalgia for iPods. Which which does because I mean like when you think of like we talked about how it's it's a it the stock accusation here is hipster and the stock accusation the assumption is vinyl. Like vinyl is the, the physical center. I mean, again, there are a lot of shots of vinyl discs twisting on this and that like obviously Baby has a, lot a of vinyl. cassettes in this too. Yeah, there's a lot of sort of old-fashioned um, portrayals of music. Yeah. One of the things that I like about the use of iPods, right, is the fact that iPods have been discontinued for several years now. The, the film had a budget of, I think, two, two and a half grand for finding iPods and iPod materials. Edgar Wright himself didn't use an iPod until he started making movies, until he made like Shaun the Dead and um, was it Hot Fuzz? Because what he found was he had to go on tour to promote them. Yeah. And so he would use the iPod to, to bring the music with him. And he still has one now and he's he still buys old iPods on eBay. Like there's a, there's a market of enthusiasts that actually exists selling these things for five or six grand. There is. Um, there, um, Howard Kramer, who who does the um, Who Charted podcast with Kula Falaisuk, I, I think he has a collection and a museum that he wants of 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 of, of his iPods. iPods. Yeah, yeah. Well, this is the thing about it, like, because it one of the the arguments about the iPod, and it's it's interesting to think, think about this as something that happened in our lifetime, 
is like the iPod is a physical object that contains music. Like once you moved past the iPod to stuff like the phone, to stuff like YouTube and streaming and Spotify, which we have now, like you no longer physically possess music. And it's kind of funny because one of the things that people, one of the well, objections people, people have. CDs don't physically possess music. They, 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 the thing that people don't, don't, don't understand. There, there was, there, there was this issue with Bruce Willis where he tried to give. His he, library to his children. Yeah. His iTunes library um, to his children. A few years ago when Bruce Willis died, he... Uh, his... He tried to leave... He wanted to leave it in his will to his children. It was taken in 2016. Um, and, and, and the whole issue about it was, oh, you can't do that because um, you only have a license to... to like, it, it's... it's You don't own music when you buy it on an iPad. The, 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 um, when you buy it on iTunes. Um yeah and and you don't own the 250 as well because the 250 cannot be bought um the the thing is that cds as well they there is a licensing agreement with them also yeah, yeah. you can't own the the music on a cd either yeah not legally, no, no, but materially you have the physical disc in your hand. And this is kind of interesting because one of the things... Just give your bloody iPods to your kids. Yeah. Don't put it in your will. <laughs> one of the things... <laughs> like, problem solved. Well, that's, that's the issue, is that, like, there are people who are worried, who are running their iPod, and they're worried about hooking it up to a computer because the software will reset the iPod and wipe the music. Like, people are talking about how... When they have Spotify, they are less likely to listen to music because when on Spotify, there's just so much choice. The paradox of choice, they find themselves paralyzed. Whereas if you have an iPod, you have a physical finite limit of space. So you have to choose what goes on there yourself. So if it's on there, it's something you've chosen to put on there. But I mean, one of the things that I find fascinating about this nostalgia for the iPod is I remember a time when people were like, the big issue with the iPod is that it's not physical music because it's just, you know, ones and zeros on a hard disk drive as opposed to ones and zeros on a disk, as opposed to indents on a tape, as opposed to grooves on a vinyl. But like, it is interesting. Do you think that... the waves. Yeah, and waves <laughs> in the air. Do you think that the iPod is the end of physical media, Andrew Ashton? I think the iPod is the end of physical media. Now, now you say why it's... I don't care. Okay, I just thought you interested me. Apologies. Is it the end of physical media? I don't, I don't know. One of the things... I mean, pe people... Like, I think most of these things cut both ways. They, they, but I... I the thing... People get worried about the loss of, of, of albums, which is a shame because some albums were really good. Some albums are not really good. <laughs> this, like, like Queen's Made in Heaven, for example. <laughs> exactly. The, 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 um, but you, 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 um, you might have a song on that. Um, that I really enjoy on Spotify going back and listening to albums that I, that I, that I enjoy growing up or listening to when I, when I, when I get into an artist going, going, going through their catalogue. You can do that. You can still do that. Yeah. The, yeah. And I mean, one of the things, one of the more interesting aspects of all this is the idea that like Spotify and streaming have made it possible. And this is something that I suspect music artists are going to feel uh, somewhat going to have conflicted emotions about. But one of the things that has made movies like Baby Driver possible is the advent of streaming, hmm. which is basically 
in the 90s when you were making a film and you were releasing a soundtrack album um, and, and directors have talked about this what would happen is you would have the studio basically contact their record label for example like obviously Sony has as Sony for example but where they would contact the record label and they would Sony find music? yeah I know as well um, and, so, and hardware as well they, that's, they're, they're not the same people who make the PlayStation are they? I don't know we'll have to look into that Andrew and I'll get back to you but what they were saying is that the studio would look and find these hot artists so they could stick them on the soundtrack album without the director's consent um, and basically use the soundtrack album to a film as an excuse to sell um, a, you know a pop record so for example obviously you have the, the Batman films in the 90s that had all these singles attached <laughs> to them <laughs> the, the, uh, like the, the uh, Face yeah. to Face by Susie and the Banshees for the, example the original um, Kiss the, Me the Kelly Ma- Michael Keaton Batman though which, with the with Prince, the Prince soundtrack yeah well that was Vicky Jack Bell. Nicholson's idea by the way and I do love that there were two albums like the, it was such a contested <laughs> point that they were like okay you can have the Prince album but I'm still putting out the Danny Elfman album the, But like streaming has made it possible, for example, to get those songs cheap and to make it hard to sell a soundtrack album. So basically directors have complete freedom to fill the movie with songs that they want to do. Like this one and like Atomic Blonde. Because all of those, like like the way um, it annoys me um, to to some extent, the way um, Bond movies have gone with the exception of, I think, um, uh, Skyfall. Where, where, where they've, I guess, where, 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 like, I, I thought that I, I thought the, as, as, aside from all the other ways in which, in which the, um, 90s, um, um, Bond movies, had, um, no, I was going to say Batman movies were, 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 were weak sauce, as in the, the, the um, the post returns movies. To be yeah, clear. yeah, yeah. The, the, um, the, the Schumacher. Schumacher. Yeah, it was 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 yeah all 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 of all of these songs that that, that synergy pop synergy yeah yeah I didn't like that so much but but um yeah it, I don't know what point I'm making I'm just talking all right well we've talked a bit about the the music and we'll probably come back to that in the end but I mean one of the things that let's talk about baby bringing up baby yeah because like. Baby is a fascinating character on paper. Like, there's a lot of detail in the character that is very clever, very well observed, and very well written. So, for example, like, I like the idea that his his iPods are all taken from the cars that he's boosted. Because he's been boosting cars since he was a kid. And Wright has suggested in Infies, the reason that um, he has so many um, iPods is because they all came from the cars he stole. And that's why, for example, he knows T-Rex's treks. Because he's never actually said it loud. He doesn't know who they are. He just happened to find an, an iPod once that had a song it come on it. from LimeWire, where, yeah. where, where they've omitted the hyphen. Yeah. And where, where, um, where, the, where, the, where, where, where the theme song to The Sopranos is uh, by Leonard Cohen. And yeah. where Don't Worry, Be Happy is by Bob Marley. Did they, did they have those on, on, on iPods, those LimeWire tracks? I, well, I assume that people download them because you have to have the MP3 and move the MP3 to your um, to your iPod, right? So basically, right. if you have that misinformation, it'll be there. But I mean, I think like that's that's a really nice character touch, and even like the basic idea of the film, like the basic concept of Baby as a character, which is like he's a getaway driver, and he has tinnitus, and he 
puts the the buds in his ears and this is the music and that focuses him he wears the sunglasses like there's this nice he, idea his, his both his parents were killed in a car crash so he will he, never get into a car again, <laughs> again. yes um, <laughs> but i like the idea that baby is basically shutting or out or he'll do it every day um, and make it the defining thing that he does also his mother was a singer so it is in no way painful for him to listen to music all the time but i, I like that there's this sense that baby is closing himself off from the world like tinnitus one of the interesting things about tinnitus as an an, or tinnitus as we say it it, uh, it's uh, edgar wright was talking about the 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 differences in american and um and on on this side of the pond uh, in 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 ireland and the united kingdom the different ways of saying things and I think we use both because we're kind of halfway. Yeah, this almost. is the mid-Atlantic drift. Yeah, the the, the um, he um, what was it again? Um, what bon, is, uh, it's um. Well, there's a point where the hood, t- hood and trunk, not uh, not not bonnet and boot. Yeah, well, I mean, there's even the scene where uh, baby and Deborah. and not tinnitus. Where where baby is that a, politely correcting me? Where baby no, no, no. and, and Deborah like we can say either. Yeah. yeah. Where baby and Deborah are talking about that Trek song, um, and it's like you look like a zebra. It's like, oh, I mean, you mean zebra. It's like, yes, that is exactly what I mean. Uh, which is great because Lily James is a British actress um, who has to have the British pronunciation explained to her. But like, I like the idea that baby puts himself in a corner, ha ha ha, but that he basically uses music huh. and uses huh. his his sunglasses to block huh. out. To block out the world. To make himself blind to what he's doing. So for example. There's the great. Like the opening scene with the bell bottoms. Keeps cutting to him looking. Like glancing fleetingly in the window. At the robbery as it's taking place. Mm. And sort of seeing snapshots of violence. But always looking away and returning to the music. Like tinnitus is not. uh, It's not actually a ringing in the ears. What it is is. Your earbuds and your, your sound receptors are malformed. So your brain generates signal. To sort of fill the gap. And the silence that it perceives. So there's this idea that he's doing something similar. So he is not, he's unwilling to look at the reality of what he does, like the consequences of his actions and his participation in this criminal activity. So he puts the music on and he puts his sunglasses on. So he doesn't have to confront the fact that he's driving people around who are probably hurting people and who at one point are shooting people. Like there's a great point where when he takes bats on the first robbery, he pulls the car forward slightly so he can't actually see what's happening. And then yeah. when he reverses, he sees the consequences of his actions. Like I like that as a concept of the character. I like the idea that he is... The sunglasses are not just something that make him look cool. They're something that reflect how obscured his vision is. That the music that he's playing is not just something that drowns out his tinnitus. It also maybe drowns out his sense of conscience or responsibility. Yeah. Do we want to talk a bit about his motivation? Yeah. Because there's a... There's a um, basically, the, 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 the movie starts out at a point where he he's, he's not getting... Um, his cut he's not getting his cut except he is and he has tons of money (laughs) Um, so he can't run away because he owes Kevin Spacey tons of money he has tons of money which he is not spending he could use that money to either to either pay Kevin Spacey off or run away with it at any point And, 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 and then and then he pays Kevin Spacey off at which point he can run away um, un- until Kevin Spacey says... Now, I don't think I need to give you the speech about what happens when you say no, how I can break your legs and kill everyone you love, because you already know that, don't you? So you better not run away. 
So he's like, well, I better just do this for the rest of my life then. And and, and there's a point in which they call off the, the last Yes, house. I want to talk about this. This, <laughs> this says, really grates me. He's like... So yeah, well, just just to put I, this in I, context, right? I, so have, I I I was gonna I was gonna creep out of here. Um, yeah, because 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 let's put this in context, right? So baby has been drafted in, like you know. One more job and I'm done. One more job and we're straight. So he does the one last job, but it's not the one last job. But um, Doc wheels him back in basically for this, um, and basically he forced him to take part. Chris but there's a sense that baby wants to just run away with Deborah. Here's the thing. He has several opportunities over the course of the film to stop what's happening. Yeah. And this is what really grates me, right? So when he gets the one last jobs, he's assigned with Bats, Buddy, and Darling. Um, Bats is completely insane and unreliable. And everybody is aware of how completely insane and unreliable he is. At one point, Doc sends them to pick up guns from his contacts who are in the Atlanta PD um, and to basically to buy them, bring them back and use them for the job. Bats gets involved in a shootout which kills all of Doc's contacts. How loud can you say bat? Sorry, I, I, I have a ringing in my ear. <laughs> I have a hum in the drums. Um, are uh, you Mozart in a go-kart? <laughs> but also, I, I love Doc. I love how Doc, um, I love how Doc basically rhymes. He has a sense of rhythm to his speech, which is really, really impressive. But anyway, so yeah, Bats is completely unreliable and insane. Bats kills all of the police officers, which is obviously going to bring down the police force in like a hail of bullets uh, down on top of Doc and create a whole heap of problems for everybody involved. At which point Doc basically says, well, look, look, baby, what happened? Baby has a choice to make. Baby can either choose to be honest about what happened, say Bats is completely unreliable, murdered all of Doc's contacts, which will call off the job, end the evening, and also maybe ensure that Doc killed Bats, which would seem to be a win for everybody in this situation. Yeah. However, Baby, for some reason that is completely unclear, decides to say, no, it went down exactly like Bats says. Everything is perfectly fine here. Then Baby decides to sneak out late at night to run away with Deborah. right? He gets caught. He's brought up. It's really embarrassing. They play his mixtapes. Um, there's like this this really awkward confrontation. And Doc is basically like, well, look, we're calling off the deal. And, uh, you know, Bats is like, no, no, we ain't calling off the deal. And it's like, and then Baby, for reasons that are entirely unclear, says, no, we're doing this thing. We're committing this illegal action. So I think it's that he's conflicted. Because we, we, I, I, I think he wants to be a getaway driver. And by the way, I, I think he is kind of simple, <laughs> um, to 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 an extent. I, 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 I think he has simple meaning slow. Was he slow? <laughs> no. Wicka wicka wicka. <laughs> um, there's 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 some there's some there's some very cool kind of practical manual um ele electronic music um uh, equipment in, in, in and all of it is retro which is, yeah. is also very in keeping with baby as a character that as we know him. um i also yeah i also like the recurring sense that uh, baby um is mimicking the characters around him and you talk about how he's simple and stuff like a lot of his dialogue is recycled like obviously the monster ink speech which is delightful like yeah. he until he picks it up. But even stuff like you, you notice later on when he's counting the money, he splits it into stacks, uh, much like Doc does, even though there's absolutely no reason for him to do that when he's working the pizza job. 
And then later on, you know, you have when when Bats says, you know, you're meant to squeal behind the wheel, not to the cops. Later on, he repeats that same line when he's talking to Doc. Like, you get the sense the baby is imitating and mimicking rather than intuiting and, and like, making conscious decisions. Like, he's, he's merely doing an impersonation of what he thinks people expect him to be rather than being the person that he is. I mean, you can sort of even see that in his interactions with Deborah, which is yeah. something, like, I liked about that. Is the sense which, of... is, which is why it would be weird if there was suddenly this kind of depth to, <laughs> to, to his character. Yeah, it, but... it, it wouldn't really be consistent, I, I, I suppose. Because okay, I like I like that about his interaction with Deborah, where he tries to present himself as a man of mystery and culture, but repeatedly makes these sort of small mistakes, like treks, for example. Yeah. Where it's very clear that he's simply affecting, like he's pretending to be something that he's not. Right. Well, uh, and I guess it's that thing of being a very young man um, and and making these kind of mistakes where 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 where, where you know nothing. But you pretend that you do because yeah. everybody else is pretending that they are as well. Yeah. Like it, I do like that aspect of it. I do think there's something to be said. Like there's a great, there's a great line on Twitter the other day. It was like, um, the definition of adulting is not using the word adulting. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, so you were saying um, about the, he, you think he wants to be a getaway driver and you think he maybe yeah. is, is. So, so, so he, he has this kind of, um, because that's what I found annoying about about Breaking Bad, is that, act, like, why why this person all of a sudden um, who who has become a uh, a, a, a meth dealer, um, spoilers for episode one of Breaking Bad, um, this person who's become an, a a a a meth dealer um, through necessity suddenly decides that it's the most important thing and. Darren is scrunching up his face, but but it's 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 like the the one thing about it is that there's that there's the um there's the reason there's a few reasons why this happens. There's a reason why because it's a movie and, <laughs> yes. and um but there's also the the reason that we can posit, which is that he um likes what he does with and and and. But he and doesn't that, like enough that, that he wants to keep doing it, though. He makes a choice to leave, and then he's brought back. And he's as soon as he's brought back, he seems committed wholeheartedly. Mm. And this is my big issue with the movie's ending, right? Because the movie's ending is on some levels quite clever, which is Baby goes to prison and pays for his crimes and is redeemed, which is an unconventional ending for a movie like this, which I quite liked, right? And I thought it was very clever, and I thought it was a nice little structural element. My biggest problem with that, though, is that it ignores the fact that baby is completely responsible for all the carnage and bloodshed that rains down upon the city of Atlanta at the climax of the film. Yeah. Like I, if baby had vetoed I think baby will kill again. <laughs> well, that's the thing. Well, Edgar Wright has talked about, he, he's got a sequel. Hopefully it'll be called man driver. But I mean, one of the, the things is that like, if baby had aborted, and he drives a van, <laughs> but if baby had aborted the mission, none of the bloodshed would have happened. <laughs> If baby had, if baby, if baby had aborted, uh, go on. If baby had followed through on his objective and like not tipped off your woman, the bank teller, not to go into the bank, and she hadn't summoned the security guard, the security guard wouldn't be dead. If baby had not then killed bats by impaling him on a giant pole that was stored in a completely unsafe manner, 
then they would have gotten away with a minimum of bloodshed and carnage. However, <laughs> Baby decides to impale Bats on a giant pole, which leads to a situation where Buddy um, and Darling get involved in a shootout involving assault rifles with the Atlanta PD, which presumably leaves a whole bunch of people, including, and let's be honest here, maybe Darling and Buddy aren't the victims here, but leaves a whole heap of collateral damage, including several police officers, that would not be dead had Baby either... A, chosen not to participate in the robbery at all. B, used his veto power when Doc suggested that they not do the robbery at all. Yeah. C, not tipped off uh, the, the teller in question to bring a security guard that Bats would shoot. D, actually executed um, what he had agreed to do, serving as a getaway driver in a competent and efficient manner. Like oh, baby, go, go up to G for the for the <laughs> s- 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 seven um, uh, notes in, in 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 on the scale. Yeah. No, I, I feel like that about covers it though. I feel like baby, and then at the He's end, so you, close. And then at the end, you get this big courtroom scene where everyone's all like. Oh, poor baby. He was pressured into it. And you're like, no, there was a scene where he had the option of leaving and he chose to stay. Yeah, it's um, he learned his lesson when (laughs) when it comes when it when when it comes to the end. And and what 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 really did it for him is when he lost his um, uh, his hearing partially, he realized, you know what, (laughs) I've made a mistake. (laughs) I I need to be redeemed. Yeah, I've I've. I've 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 set off a series of events which has left me being more deaf than I was initially. Um, Maybe there's an error to my ways. Yeah, but I, yeah. I do feel like the movie. What have I become? What this is what when when you challenged me at the start, then I said the movie doesn't seem very self-aware and that it's very earnest. And you were like, "Well, why is that a problem?" Like this is why I think it's a problem is because you get stuff like this where baby is essentially responsible for possibly the bloodiest day in Atlanta's recent history. And the movie thinks that he's very sweet and deserves to be let out of prison after five years. Well, uh, like, are, Baby are, should are, get are, the are, death are, sentence. You, you, whoa. whoa. <laughs> um, like, I'm being entirely uh, honest uh, here now. Uh, the, the, uh, the, I... I, I I don't think you can you can um, you can uh, try uh, babies in a in a, <laughs> in a court of law yeah, as as, a, as an adult as an adult yeah. um, and because um, that really great to me the way that the movie went to the, like you had these <laughs> these these shots of people pleading as character Who witnesses. Who else do you think should have a death penalty? Do you not believe in the parole system, Darren? Okay, I may be exaggerating for dramatic effect, but I seriously don't. It really bugged me when it was like, oh, but he threw my, he drove back and threw my purse out. And you're like, well, that makes him a good human being. And you're like, How many people does baby kill as well? There's two anyway. He kills both Buddy and um, Bats. Bats. Although to be fair, like Buddy and Bats, I think are justifiable on the fact that like Bats is dangerous and Buddy is trying to kill him. I think that's all fair. It's more the collateral damage. The fact that baby is I don't want to say unaware because he's perfectly aware of what his decisions, of the consequences of his decisions or the potential consequences, but he seems indifferent to it. Like he doesn't seem to realize that him, like him getting bats and buddy back safely to the lair at the end of the robbery will save the lives of police officers who presumably have wives and kids. I think he's, I think he's kind of a child. This is a question, actually, because this this came up like I was talking about this with somebody and they were basically saying like for their take for ba- on Baby Driver is that it Baby is like the Ryan Gosling character in Drive. Yeah. If you stripped away 
the sense that he was at all unpleasant. Like, in Drive, there's the sense that, like, Gosling's character... But I think he is. What? I, 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 you think Baby I, is unpleasant? Well, I I think there's a sense in... in like, there's different degrees in each movie. But there, there's a sense in, in Drive... There, there, there's an extent to which Ryan Gosling's character is um, a, a decent person, and yeah. there's an extent to which, in this movie, Baby's character is is a an amoral person. Or, or he certainly has gaps <laughs> in his <laughs> moral reasoning. Yeah. My issue is that I think Drive is more aware of the gaps in Ryan Gosling's moral reasoning as they relate to hammers um, and such. Whereas I think that the baby driver seems to think. Darren, if if you if if you keep going on uh, about this movie, I'm gonna kick the teeth down your throat. All right, all right, all right, all right. Apologies. I get that that's a line from Drive, by the way. Just... <laughs> Listeners, I'm not actually going to do that. <laughs> just to be clear on this, but I, I do think. That... I'm so glad you got that. That was a line from Drive, because your reaction seemed to be. I'm sorry. <laughs> Please don't hurt me. Because uh, that is the thing. Actually, let's talk a little bit about the climax of, of Baby Driver, right? Because, like, it's it's great. Like, the, the stunt driving in, in the movie is amazing. Like, the, the action sequences are amazing. And, you know, like I, I mentioned earlier in the, in the podcast that, like, Wright had to make some sort of gestures to the studio, some sort of concessions on his vision. Do you know what one of the biggest concessions that he had to make was? And it's almost hilarious how small this is. At the very start of the film, uh, filming, he talked to a bunch of guys who were in prison yeah. for uh, for robbery, for armed robbery. And he got a bunch of information. I mean, he actually, some of them read the script and gave feedback on it. And so they were like, okay, well, this is too abstract. The characters will actually talk literally about what they mean. You know Bat's story about the Hex songs? That was a detail that Wright got from talking to ex-cons. So he's talking about how, you know, you have hex songs like uh, knocking, knock, knock, knocking on heaven's door. Oh, yeah, yeah. That was apparently something that when Wright was interviewing people in prison, um, he discovered that this was something that was very common. Like that there were like people who did these sort of robberies would read these signs into the songs that were playing on the radio. Um, But one of the things was that when you're driving a getaway car, you are supposed to be driving a car that will blend into traffic. Yeah. The opening scene was originally supposed to feature a much more modest and generic car, except the studio basically asked Wright, would he mind including a Subaru because it's a sports car and it looks exciting? And Wright was like, look, is this the biggest demand you're going to make of me? And they're like, yeah. And I was like, okay, I can do that for you, which is pretty amazing. Oh. Um, but it is, they actually, like talking about the stunt driving, apparently they broke the Subarus. They kept breaking the Subarus. They kept pushing them past their limits, which is remarkable. Don, Don uh, Toretto <laughs> um, would, would, would have his opinions on those exports. Well, yeah. <laughs> Where's a muscle car? Well, that's the thing. Yeah, they did say that. Because uh, Wright has Dominic. talked <laughs> Toretto. Um, Wright has talked about this. He's talked about how, like, he didn't want to make a movie like, and he, to be fair to him, he very politely refuses to name the franchise that he's thinking of. Uh, where you have these muscle cars and these actors shot on green screens where they're clearly shot on CGI even when they're inside the car. So you can tell that they're stunt drivers filming on green screen even as well. He didn't want to do that. So he wanted to do practical effects and use real cars in real environments. Like they broke um, BMWs trying to get them to do some of the stunts because BMWs were designed for safety. They couldn't get them to skid. They kept breaking the axles on them trying to get that to work. 
Yeah. Like it, it's it's I, I I I think I think this is better than unnamed um, um franchise. Uh, octology. Yeah. Octology. Um, the, the 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 that's the thing though. The 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 sequences while while there weren't as many of them as as there might be in 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 the eight movies that, that we're not mentioning. Yes. Okay, we are mentioning. Um, um the the in 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 the fat and the furriest yeah it's it's there there's something kind of um on un, unreal uh yeah a, 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 about it all which 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 kind of yeah it's it's it certainly does take 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 away from it yeah so let's actually talk a little bit about the the cast of of baby driver because i mean like i don't think the two leads are fantastic like um i think that the like, I think the big problem with Baby is not the concept of the character, because I, I talked about how no. that's interesting, but I think the performance is... I don't think he sells. Like, I don't think, like, Ansel, let's call him Ansel, doesn't sell, like, the level of... Like, Baby seems far too bland and innocent, I think, for what he needs to be. Like, there's this great recurring think, gimmick where Baby... I don't know. I, 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 like, I like that, um, that contrast. Where, 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 where there is this simplicity to it, um, in and where, where, where he's so, where he sticks out like a sore thumb because because he 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 has this peculiar kind of blankness. Yeah, I and, mean, and and I think we 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 were, we were, we were talking about Wolverine, where the the young actor, um, Daphne does, King? Yeah, where she where where. Where she doesn't do very much, and where 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 it it I guess it narrows the fields under which you can kind of crit- criticize the the performance. the performance. I think that this this was a very pared down, and so so was um is it Lily James? Yes, as yeah. Deborah. Her I I've 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 I feel. Part originally on for Demma Stone apparently. Okay. Yeah. We're talking about them as 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 the leads in the movie. I um, and I I don't think, I think I think the important thing for those two characters was as strange as it might seem, um, for me it was to kind of not get in the way, despite of, the fact of, that the nominal the leads, yeah. exactly. I don't know. I I can understand that. I just would have liked a bit more personality. Actually, one of the things that I've been thinking about here is, like, Ansel, because we're gonna keep calling him that. Ansel Elgort um, is an actor. <laughs> he basically came up as a young, as a young male lead with a very strong female fan base. Like so, obviously his his big movie was The Fault in Our Stars, for example. And I kind of got me thinking, like, do you think that maybe the way that we respond to those young handsome actors who have that sort of built in in female fan base, do you think that we are dismissive of them as performers? There's something like Pattinson, I, for example. There's something I quite like about. Um... Uh, about Ansel Elgort, and this is the first movie I've seen in him. Uh, of 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 him, um, like there's a kind of a um cocksuredness, um, from, say Zac Efron, who 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 I I guess would have been of a similar generation trajectory, yeah. maybe. Yeah. yeah, there there's there's I feel like this movie perhaps uses him well and it's 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 very pared down and he's not adding personality or baggage yeah you know that he was on the shortlist for han solo reportedly 
It's crazy. It is. The, I, I mean, like the um. I there, know. There, I... there was there was a lot of casting for for um this particular part. Yeah. This was the one where they went around and and had anyone who matched that profile like yeah. to to show up and read. Yeah. And again, um, yeah, this was and, the part and, of the year and, 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 yeah. and Commodores. And and the, and the, and and this was the actor chosen. Yeah. And I feel like it might have been an astute choice, and I feel like it was a very um um understated and unfussy performance. I I I like John Hamm an awful lot. I didn't think he was. Uh, I thought Hamm was amazing in this. Yeah, Hamm is the only actor who was from the original table read to last to the final. Thought Jamie Fox was 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 uh, the very good, the most valuable player. Yeah, yeah. This is. I thought Spacey stand, was also stand, good. Stand up, but like it's difficult to kind of uh, give give Spacey plaudits because it's like do do we need to <laughs> tread that ground again and kind of go over how Spacey is very good <laughs> yeah, at acting yeah um, I think well okay well let, let's let's talk about the, the supporting cast then in a bit more detail because I mean like let's talk about about Ham Ham I I liked and you didn't like as much well I I I liked him fine it's I had some issues with the character yeah, it was it was it was a strange sort of a one because I like the premise of the character, which is what if Don Draper lived long enough to discover cocaine. But I thought it was I thought it was okay what they did with the character because there's this kind of older brother thing that he kind of um, well, almost bring, father like yeah. To, yeah to his relation baby where he, a, he talks about or, Queen and Brighton Rock and he listens to the music and he has his own experiences that relate to baby so he, he knows about boosting cars. Not, and stuff. Yeah, it's not quite avuncular because they're talking about the same stuff. And I felt like watching that, that's like knowing what kind of a person he is, that you still kind of hold a suspicion about him yeah. and don't, don't quite, don't quite trust him and um, probably would venture that Ansel's, um, sorry, baby doesn't, uh, doesn't quite 100% trust him either. Although he's starting to gain some trust for him. And I like the nice reversal they do with, with Buddy and Bats. Where it seems like Bats is going to be the big threat. And Buddy is going to be, you know... Buddy's maybe going to get stuck in a crossfire. And then you have this big twist where Bats is taken out quite early. And then Buddy becomes uh, the sort of primary antagonist. Like, I, I, I like... I, I, I quite would have... I would have quite liked to have seen everybody just die. And, and then for for... For it to be uncertain at the end whether Ansel is 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 it's still alive, yeah, is is going to pull through or not? Um, you will... the, the 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 kind of staring up at the sky, like with with <laughs> uh, with his his um, with uh, De- his... De- Deborah kind of like holding his hand and black and white fantasy flashbacks taking yeah. place. I like I liked the the idea of the prison redemption ending for Baby. I just don't think it was earned with like the the carnage that he caused like i feel like the movie there's a there's an interesting movie to be told where they make a point to redeem their bank robber getaway <laughs> driver at the end i just don't feel like baby driver acknowledges the level of hell that that baby hath wrought you, but have, like, to, you have to realize that um number one uh baby is the protagonist of this movie number two he's white <laughs> 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 yeah, yeah. i like the idea that baby driver is really an hour and 40 minute exploration of white privilege in the southern american justice system like um if bats had been caught doing this it would be a very it's different like, ending baby what are you still doing in prison you realize we need these spaces for other people of yeah. color but um, um 
let's talk let's talk about like buddy the the ending with buddy because i at the start of the podcast i feel like this is going to be an unpleasant moment for you andrew because i'm going to go back to one of my criticisms of the movie which you know i feel like i've earned after an hour and a half of talking about how great it is yeah yeah i like like i i, I kind of allow for, uh, like it it seemed it seemed like like to to come straight straight out of the gate kind of a a a against the movie was 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 a bit of a strange movie but, okay i apologize and, <laughs> why do you apologize you don't have to agree with me <laughs> i'm sorry i apologized <laughs> anyway what i was gonna say was like when i talked about the movie lacking it's like an abusive relationship darren so at the start of the podcast when i was talking about how the movie was perhaps a little bit earnest in how it sort of engaged in the tropes of the sort of crime thriller and wasn't necessarily ironic or self-aware or self-referencing. And somehow, like, that was the movie's greatest strength and its greatest weakness. And that I think, like, I think there's going to be said for, like, the idea of doing redemption in, in this format and structure. Uh, but I think it's also a weakness because it means that when you indulge in some of the stock conventions of these crime thrillers, uh, without any sense of self-awareness, it becomes a little, I don't want to say trite, but it becomes a bit jarring. So, for example, at the end of the movie when it becomes clear that Buddy is the antagonist of the film, he becomes the freaking Terminator. Like, you get the sense watching the movie, at the very end of the movie, when Buddy is cast off the higher level of the car park, onto the flaming wreck of his car, which subsequently explodes, you get the sense that when Edgar Wright is sitting down watching ba writing Baby Driver 2, his subtitle might be Buddy's Revenge. Like, Buddy is unstoppable during the final half hour of this movie he melted into a liquid yeah and sort of oozed away but i i do feel like that's the kind of thing that you could get away with if the movie acknowledged how absurd it was that buddy was not a arrested by the police in the car park during the shootout with automatic weapons b was not apprehended by the police at the diner despite having been shot in the shoulder c didn't fall down with the car in the car in the car park and managed to escape and get himself into a position where he could attack baby with little warning or surprise like yeah the, my kind of response to that is that this is a bit of fun and it's not as earnest as you think it is okay um i i i, I really don't 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 think um that's it's it's um it's reaching for 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 any kind of seriousness which would uh, i suppose allow or their... perhaps justify those complaints yeah yeah exactly they, they, i mean you you can maybe I, I i feel like probably in 20 or 30 years time there might be people who will say there were elements of more seriousness kind of entering into um edgar wright's filmmaking at this time starting where, with this movie yeah yeah um where 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 that was like the tip of the iceberg but to 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 it was when edgar wright's seventh movie was a holocaust drama that took us all <laughs> it's by still surprise. an edgar wright movie it's it's like um we used to criticize tom stoppard plays for being uh very clever but no real kind of um Substance. no yeah no 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 politics no um uh strong kind of um emotional core i guess and yeah yeah where where um you can imagine you can imagine maybe this might be the beginning of of of, of edgar wright kind of introducing more serious team but i think we're a while away yet. 
I don't know. I think, like, I think that there is a very, very strong morality to Baby Driver. Like, it sort of reminds me a bit of, like, you know when you talk about the, we talked about when we talked about Quentin Tarantino, how Quentin Tarantino, despite being labeled as nihilist and ironic because he has that sort of pop violent sensibility. Like, I think that there's a very clear morality to his work. And I think that even in this movie, there's a sense that Baby Driver believes that it's, earnestly handling its character's redemption like the fact that he goes and he pays his debt to society and he comes out the other end sort I, of clean I, and, and and washed and sort of like i no I, you don't you don't I, think no i i i feel like that's kind of service to the plot and to the structure of kind of how these things work okay i would and 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 that it's it the these um kind of conventional aspects are the mechanics of but I, I of of the movie and that the um tone of the movie is 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 not that but this is this is what's jarring for me because i i'm trying to think of another example of a film a crime film that ends in the same sort of way that like most of crime films end with the characters dead um or or sort of either dead or getting away like obviously you've got the, the more the most the examples like carlito's way for example where he ends up dead so this is going to be a lot of spoilers for a lot of crime films happening right now but you have stuff like say you know the first two godfathers where michael gets away with what he's doing in the third one where he, he dies and passes on but you have even stuff like say heat where like the the robert de niro character is doomed by his or fated by his decision to go back and to avenge himself um, you have this sort of sense that you with crime movies that you either get away clean or you die in the act as a form of like tragic sort of like well you died the way you lived you live by the sword you die by the sword yeah baby driver like the ending of baby driver is so striking to me because i can't think of a film so exactly like i can think of films where the characters maybe gone to prison but i can't think of movies where the characters gone to prison like lived a good life in prison clearly gotten on with the guards got his parole hearing gotten out and been reunited with his love and got his happily ever after but gotten his happily ever after not by escaping justice but by going through the justice system and coming out the other end catch me if you can well that's based on a true story yeah okay i wouldn't really argue that's a crime film i would argue that's more of a biopic but yeah we can but can you think of another example probably Okay, if you if you give me if you give me time and a and a Google machine. Okay, well I'm sorry, that that's just what struck me about the ending, and that that's I think why I would argue for the film's sort of moral point of view and the film having a more earnest perspective than American say Shaun of the Dead. That's actually a fairly reasonable point, but American History X is a much more earnest film. Yeah, yeah. And I don't think that like when Edgar Wright cites his influences on Baby Driver. You know, he might reference Walter Hill's The Driver. I don't think he cites American History X as an example. Hmm. I, I don't think... Okay, I, I would not be entirely... I wouldn't think that that is the wheelhouse that this film is aiming for in terms of genre. But maybe. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, even, even beyond that, I think you can contextualize even that ending in the context of an Edgar Wright movie. Like, Edgar Wright's big recurring theme, and it's something that plays across his work, even in the work that isn't like Edgar Wright's solo films, is this idea of what it means to be a boy who's becoming a man, of a, of a baby driver who's becoming a man driver. Like the idea that being an adult in the world means accepting responsibility for your action. And his protagonists, who are often frequently overgrown man children, have to accept that their actions have consequences and that they have to decide what they want as adults. You know, obviously the character like Sean in Sean the Dead discovers against the backdrop of the zombie apocalypse that he wants to be in a loving relationship. 
um, you know, the, the Nick Frost character from Hot Fuzz discovers that, you know, he, he wants to be a good police officer in spite of, like, the way that his father's called him and how blind he's been to the way the village operates. I mean, the characters in The World's Ends all to various degrees accept the fact that their lives are not necessarily what they wanted them to be, but they still can't recapture the glories of youth. And I think even Scott in Scott Pilgrim vs. The World discovers that his actions have consequences upon people and collateral damage as a result. I think then Baby Driver, because Wright is telling that fundamental story against the backdrop of a crime saga where like there are actual consequences in a way that isn't really necessarily fair to say there isn't a zombie apocalypse or an alien invasion because those are sort of heightened scenarios with epic stakes but like with a crime film it's a lot more intimate where you know the characters involved and the, the it's something more grounded and realistic so like when baby baby's actions have consequences those consequences seem more visceral than the sort of the stylized or excessive sort of like consequences of Sean's actions and Sean the Dead or the characters actions even in Hot Fuzz where to be fair that the, the characters in question Nick Angel and, and, and his partner actually kill very few people but even then there's sort of like it's a heightened cult of individuals as opposed to a crime film where it's characters who all have distinct personalities um, and, and, and people who are generally regarded as innocent in that world who get caught in the crossfire and I think that like against that backdrop the decision to end the film with baby going to prison well first of all surrendering himself to the authorities and going to prison and deciding to work hard and redeem himself so he's washing the police car he's behaving he's keeping out of trouble and then at the end he gets out and he gets to have that happy ever after with deborah that he always wanted i think that's very much fitting with what wright wants to do and i think doing that in the context of a crime film means that you're you're dealing with like Shaun of the Dead and, and Hot Fuzz and, and World and even Scott Pilgrim were insulated by a level of, of, of like goofy irony or genre trappings that sort of justified like juxtaposing that sort of earnest idea of growing up against sort of the, the ridiculous violence on display or sort of the heightened stakes. I think Baby Driver doesn't have that. So when you have this earnest story of like crime and punishment of sin and redemption that Baby goes through. Uh, which I think is a very core theme of the film, a very Edgar Wright theme of the film. I think that you don't then get to have like the climax where you have the character played by John Hamm. He's he's his, we discover his name is Jason at the climax, uh, both in the police announcement and what what uh, Monica calls him during the shootout, which is entirely appropriate because early in the film you have the conversation about how Jason is the killer from he's killer from Friday the Thirteenth, but he's one of those unstoppable like always resurrected serial killers like it, it, it's it's a it's a very winking nod in a movie that otherwise seemed very earnest and very sort of very grounded and very sort of anchored in the, in the conventions of a crime film where there are consequences for actions and there are tough decisions to be made and people suffer and people die and i think that like baby driver doesn't necessarily get away with having an unstoppable killing machine at its climax because the rest of it is I don't want to say grounded because as you noted like people dance and move and, and sort of bullets fly to the rhythm of the music but there's this sense that it is a world that has more consequences and is more visceral and, and is more sort of tangible than the other worlds that Edgar Wright occupies and even the way that he explores his themes is more grounded and more reasonable and, and, and more serious like I mean at the end of Shaun the Dead, Shaun goes off and plays with his zombie friend who he keeps in the shed uh, chained up, you know? At the end of, of Hot Fuzz, they topple a village cult in, by fighting in a miniature village. You know, at the end of World's End, there's an alien invasion. Um, I think that, like, the end of Baby Driver is much more grounded and much more sort of reasonable. And I think that having the element of, like, Jason or Buddy at the climax of that just doesn't 
work for me and it feels like it works against what i think wright is trying to do yeah i mean or am i being am i just being contrarian for the sake of being contrarian no, i i i i i think there's a number of choices that you that uh that you can make and sometimes like the end of a sketch that we, we can attest to the difficulty of, <laughs> of amending a sketch and you think of how difficult it is for for people who are essentially uh, uh, crap at it yeah imagine how difficult <laughs> it must be for people who, who devote an effort of work yeah. and time and energy when, and thought and skill and technique and yeah. talent and when, craft <laughs> and all those things that when we it, don't have yeah when it when it comes to ending a movie sometimes yeah there there are a number of choices you you can you can go with and you decide which one is either interesting or if you feel it um speaks to the character or if it's if it's something that's that you just want to see for that character i suppose okay um and and yeah and ultimately you have to kind of you 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 have to choose i mean endings are difficult even really great endings aren't are are divisive I, 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 I thought I thought the I I thought the ending of this was a little daft. I caught I I would have taken out the 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 bit with the um all of the character witnesses um testimonials. Yes. Yeah. Well, he dropped back my purse, so I guess I don't mind that there are five widowed police you know, priest wives in the city today. He was forced to do it against his will. I mean when they asked him twice he wanted to back out. He clearly couldn't say no. That sort of thing. Yes. Are we going to see Ezra Gonzalez in 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 other movies? Soon? I assume we will at some point. Yes. Yeah. Um, she's a model originally, isn't she? I believe. Is she? I believe. I she... can believe that. Isaac Gonzalez uh, stands out from the rest of the cast, and that she's not a she's not an actor. She doesn't have a long filmography behind her, like say, obviously Jamie Foxx, Kevin Spacey, uh, even Ansel um, Elgort yeah. or or Lily James, who obviously worked on Downton Abbey beforehand. Um, so I suspect, yes, we will see a lot of her um, in the years to come. I mean, I think she's she's quite good here. Um, I think she's she's very good yeah, here. And I mean, decent. there's something to be said for the fact that, yeah, like John Hamm, even when you make him seem like a cocaine addict, still seems like a damn like, handsome man. I swear to God, I'm an actor. <laughs> I wanted to be tr taken seriously, but also I want my comedic side yeah. um, to be, be because I'm a gifted uh, improv um a performer it's like come on we 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 know you're just a really handsome man yeah. <laughs> um, you're, you're 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 not going to be a character you haven't stop worked, trying you <laughs> haven't worked hard at this come on yeah. I, I, well there's the great story about the first day they were shooting apparently when he showed up with his weird mullet and with his sort of uh you know stubble and with the makeup around his eyes to make it look like he had bags jamie fox still stared at the monitors of the dailies and uttered that is a damn handsome man like there, there's a sense the, that there's only the, only so much you can make John Hamm look unpleasant or speedy. Tina Fey line from Thirty Rock. He looks like a cartoon pilot. <laughs> he does. He really does. <laughs> um, but I like that. Yeah, Isa Gonzalez and John Hamm are probably the only two people in the world who could make matching his and hers neck tattoos look classy. Yeah. Maybe classy is an overstatement, but make them look like a reasonable idea for those characters in those circumstances. Yeah. I like the idea that Buddy was a stockbroker, actually. I have to admit, I quite like that touch. The recurring suggestion that Buddy was a Wall Street stockbroker who developed a cocaine addiction um, and ran off uh, with his favourite lap dancer, 
and took to a life of crime. Oh, and, is... and also, Rats is a mentalist. <laughs> yeah. he, he's uh, he's uh, Keith Barry, brain hacker. Yeah. <laughs> where, where, um, where he sees mixed intrin- with Darren Brown. Yeah. Um, he intrinsically reads his sort of fellow <laughs> cast members. I've seen the way you stack that money. Yeah. And uh, yeah. I've, I, yeah. Was it? It's uh, you say things like work hard, play hard, um, <laughs> but maybe you play a little bit too hard. But yeah, I, I like that. Yeah, Sherlock Holmes, <laughs> yeah, as played by Jamie Fox as a psychotic. Um, it's it's a really fascinating piece. But it's sort of it is very clearly borne out. Like there's the bit where where Buddy obviously goes, "Hey, did Doc tell you that?" Which is, by the way, Buddy might want to work on your poker face. Um, there's also the bit where you know where where Doc asks if Buddy can fence it, and Buddy's like, "Yeah, I, I kind of I know a guy." Like there's there's this sort of. I like how structured the movie is. Like how, despite it's ambiguous in a way, it doesn't tell you much um, overtly, but it's... it it gives you enough that you can figure out who these characters are. Like for example, you discover that Buddy's real name. You discover the real name of all the robbers at the climax. Like you discover that Bats is Leon, um, that yeah. Isa is actually Monica, and that uh, Buddy is Jason. Like, but it doesn't tell you that explicitly or or heavily. It doesn't have like a you know, these are the real names of the characters. How how um how do you feel about movies being like video games these days? I I like video games, so I don't have a problem with it. I like movies too. So give me an example. Like the aspect of it where they they introduce these characters. They're all meeting. Um, oh yeah, they have uh, a little briefing. Yeah, they're, yeah. They're, they meet in the Hartley Building where yeah. Doc has set up his office. And you get the sense that... There's, there's a person in the crew. Now they have different crews every single time. And different different crew uh, members have different yeah. attributes. So Bats, when he's introduced, has never met... So he's never been on a crew. So this 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 is this video game thing where where where, 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 where you have a, a ridiculous kind of coterie of criminals <laughs> to kind of choose between to, to <laughs> for to the be, job you yeah. imagine doc sitting there yeah, at his computer like, going you know plus five insanity plus realistically five if you're in atlanta and you know like <laughs> a getaway d- d- driver and like three armed men <laughs> there's probably going to be some um, overlap yeah. yeah yeah who 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 you could who could who could pull a bank job it's it's like okay these are my these are my crew Maybe there are other people who 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 would be why? able to do this in the city, but why do I want to involve them in a conspiracy? Why do I want to bring in a new element of risk? I've discovered yeah. that this group of criminals works well together. I think I'll just change that up next time for yeah. the X points or whatever. Like yeah, they, they, like you you choose different crew members because they each have different XP and different skills. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like so. Like Riff is very good at picking locks. Ba- Bats is very good at fire rate, but not on accuracy. Uh, yeah. yeah. If you have Buddy and Darling together, you get a two point bonus. Yeah. Um. Like I, I kind of liked the the audacity of that premise, but yeah, and I like the idea that John Bernthal, who is a recognizable actor. Who is very good, by the way. He's, I would argue he's somebody you're going to see a lot more of in a couple of years. Yeah. But I like the fact that he shows up for one job at the start and he's rotated out and he never appears again. Mm. Um, and I think that's a really nice sort of choice. But I, I do think, yeah. You can you're... do side missions with him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he's got his own. He operates in a warehouse like, across the other side of town. Time to get you a haircut, baby. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the, we're talking about the GTA 5 of cinema here, are we? Um, but I, I, I suppose that's a fair point. Actually... 
do you think there's something to be said and and this is something that we maybe talked about like i think the nostalgia that's used in baby driver is different from the nostalgia that's used in guardians of the galaxy for reasons that we talked about but do you think that there's a criticism to be made of the fact that a lot of the emotion and a lot of the character beats in in baby driver are perhaps reflecting that character like imitations or or nostalgia like the sense that the characters don't necessarily that baby doesn't necessarily create his own experiences so much as as relive old experiences so like he goes to the diner where his mother used to work and orders off the kids menu he dates um a waitress who works at the diner where his mother used to date which is not at all freudian at all but you have this sense like he channels he expresses himself through through music and through these references rather than finding a voice that's his own really yeah like i mean i mean is there a sense and this is something that that I kind of that concerns me about pop culture in general i'm not i don't want to come down too hard on baby driver because i really really enjoyed it but a sense that in a lot of modern culture what you have is not necessarily the generation of say real emotion or or real sort of like sentiment or attachment but instead like by reference or by association so it, it's like this nostalgia for a thing is treated as the thing itself so like you know obviously in guardians you have the mixtape which is all the the 80s songs that that peter associates with his mother but like you don't then have to develop the relationship with his mother because it's it's songs that the audience recognize and have an, a, a pre-existing attachment to do you think that like I, uh, like am i being too i'm probably being a bit too i think it's sufficient like say in Guardians of the Galaxy, it's probably sufficient to have it that his his mother died while he was quite young. Okay. So like you don't have to uh, explain too thoroughly kind of um, why why, he why that was significant. Yeah. Um, he had great affection for his mother and and his obviously mother died. she being his yeah. mother. Yeah. I... Yeah, and I guess similar in Baby Driver. Okay. I don't know. I just I I do look at a lot of modern pop culture, and I think that is there a sense of like operating at a remove where it's like and to be honest it's a storytelling problem that you see in other movies where it's like you get the sense that well this is what a scene between two people who are friends should look like because this is what it looks like in other movies or because this is how it works in in other stories that are like this and it's it's like we don't engage with this idea of itself so you don't have to he, you don't have to generate a unique romance that's between... a function of him as a character though, suppose, where, yeah. where 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 he says to her um oh we'll we'll go to the bacchanalia um, because he heard buddy he's just and, overheard yeah yeah buddy and darling talk about the finest wine and dining um, yeah but i he's, mean he's 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 a character in third rock from the sun yeah basically <laughs> um, is what we're getting at here yeah I mean, yeah, to be honest, 10 years ago, he would have been played by Joseph Gordon-Levitt, for example. It's a very good example. But, I mean, I, I don't know. And I, I, I think Baby Driver is, is canny enough that it can pull it off. But it is something that occurred to me while watching it. I, f- I still feel like Joseph Gordon-Levitt could play <laughs> a 20-year-old. <laughs> if not a 16-year-old as well. Yeah, yeah. The, the um, like, how old, how old, he must, he must be our age. And and he, but he's been playing um, younger um, people than us in 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 in, in movies. Like it, 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 you can believe him as like the the boy wonder, or <laughs> or, 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 or is the high school student in Break or he was born in nineteen eighty one. 
1981. He's much <laughs> older than we are. I know. And yet and we couldn't play Joseph Gordon-Levitt in a movie now. We could play That's... Joseph Gordon-Levitt's parents in a movie now. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Joseph Gordon-Levitt, phone us up. We got a pitch for you. Darren has a pitch for you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, never, 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 never going to give you up. Uh, that is such a strange song. It, that is it's a... so anxiety-inducing. The 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 intro to it, and it was perfect for the scene because oh, they're amazing. coming into the diner. The the it what? feels like the song should like the beginning of it feels like it's either called Never Never or Give You Up. Yeah, because um, it's 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 so stressful. Well, one of the things I really love about that sequence is the fact that you have the the Barry White sort of like synth play, and you have the sort of like smooth move playing in the background and then like it waits until the shot of John Hamm at his most decrepit his sort of his most hunched over darkest rings under his eyes scraggiest sort of you know five o'clock shadow on his face putting a coffee cup to his lips president and then then you get the sound of Barry White going <laughs> It's like this, even the sight of cocaine addicted John Hamm drinking coffee is enough to force Barry White to climax on the soundtrack to Never Gonna Give You Up. Whoa, 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 whoa. What did you just say? No, yeah. you don't get the... With the... When you listen to the... Like, the moment that you first hear Barry White, Barry White's voice on Never Gonna Give You Up is that wonderful shot. It's John Hamm drinking coffee. <laughs> the internet's a wide parish, Darren. <laughs> You'll find someone who will agree with you. <laughs> All right. Well, with, be the booty booty with that in mind, then, we'll probably wrap things up. Uh, it looks like um, July might be a busy month on the 250, actually. So it looks like yep. our scheduled podcast of No Country yep. for Old Men uh, may not be with you next week uh, because we may possibly um, have another movie sneaking onto the 250. Uh, so join us next are, week. Are you... <laughs> Are your senses tingling? My sense is tingling. I think that this movie will do whatever a popular third reboot of the character in 15 years could do. Um, but yeah, I suspect that next week we'll be back talking to you about Spider-Man Homecoming. Oh, I thought you were talking about The Mummy. Okay. Nobody is talking about The Mummy. really mad. But it got enough money overseas, it's going to generate a sequel. Big in China. It is, yeah. No, it is. And, and like you, you say that is with a smile on your face. No, that's exactly what like, it is. This it's is exactly huge. the kind of movie that's big in China. <laughs> I like how you didn't know that it was big on China when you said it was big on China, but you turned out to be I correct. I probably heard it through the grapevine. But um, it's one of the Chinese newspapers I read backwards. But it is. Uh, it's um, yeah. It did very well. So we will be seeing lots and lots of sequels to the Mummy, despite the fact that nobody <laughs> wants to see lots and lots of sequels to the Mummy. We will, however, be seeing sequels to Baby Driver, which I'm quite interested in. Really. Um, yeah, because I think Edgar Wright's talk, the studio has already approached him about it. He said he's open to the idea. And he thinks, like, his argument for doing a sequel is that your your choices when you're doing a sequel are either you do the same thing again, which he's not interested in, or you build on the concept and do something interesting. I think one of the ideas that he's suggested is sort of looking at a case where Baby would no longer be, say, the getaway driver in a four-man crew, but where Baby would basically be take a more active role in what's happening where you'd sort of see uh, baby shift to become a, 
a more engaged protagonist. I think I think there's a way of doing this. Just just do what they do in GTA. Make <laughs> make it a, a different person entirely in a different city with with with, with the a, occasional cameo from, from perhaps even Baby himself. Bats. Yeah. Um, I like that. We should have a bat. Do it, do it. Yeah, do it. Do it. Do it. Do it. Do it. Do it. Do a prequel set in sort of nineties uh, Miami. Yeah. But yeah, so hopefully uh, we'll be back. We may even be talking about that at some point in the distant future. But join us next week when we'll be releasing an episode covering either No Country for Old Men or Spider Man Homecoming. Whoa! Uh, just gonna <laughs> just let gonna those re- let those two episodes stand. Let those two movies stand re- side by side. Just gonna reveal. Um, like our our hands there you have the people wondering like we wanted the 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 whole interwebs to be rife with speculation of, of what, what film this, we this might possibly could be. possibly be it's, it's going to be like, a big surprise when it turns out so to be the a big... double bluff the yeah. the the reference to the mummy stuff or uh... it's going to be a big surprise when it turns out to be the big sick yeah all right anyway with that in mind take care guys and take care <laughs> yourselves on each other. Anyway, um, you can follow The 250 uh, on Twitter at at The 250. You can hear us on iTunes, on Stitcher. Um, you can follow me at Darren underscore Mooney. You can follow Andrew at a-Q-U-I-N-N-I-U-Q-A uh, We're also uh, now on Black Hole Media as well on that Podbean as well with a bunch of other great podcasts including uh, Between the Notes which looks at music scores uh, for films and also just Everything Left as well which is a, a look at sort of leftist politics from a UK perspective um, Take I suppose, it easy I suppose if, if, if we can speak to for, for, for a moment rather than speaking to our broader audience we're, we're, we're going to actually speak to you Yes you, you listener yeah have you been on our pot bean yet why not go look at it now are you are you, are you looking at a good good okay continue see you next week guys see you bye <laughs> <laughs>